0: Where's that dust coming from? Still finding debris after vacuuming? Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has 8,000 PA of powerful suction to remove debris deep in carpets. And it's totally hands-free. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com. That's EUFY.com and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class, all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Fate and the Apothecary by George Gissing This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org farmilo chemist by examination so did the good man proclaim himself to a suburb of a city in the west of england it was one of those pretty clean fresh-coloured suburbs only to be found in the west a few dainty little shops everything about them bright or glistening scattered among pleasant little houses with gardens eternally green and all but perennially in bloom every vista ending in foliage and in one direction a far glimpse of the cathedral towers sending forth their music to fall dreamily upon these quiet roads the neighborhood seemed to breathe a tranquil prosperity red-cheeked emissaries of butcher baker and grocer order-book in hand knocked cheerily at kitchen doors and went smiling away the ponies they drove were well fed and frisky their carts spick and span the church of the parish an imposing edifice dated only from a few years ago and had cost its noble founder a sum of money which any church-going parishioner would have named to you with proper awe the population was largely female and every shopkeeper who knew his business had become proficient in bowing smiling and suave servility mr farmlow it is to be feared had no very profound acquaintance with his business from any point of view true he was chemist by examination but it had cost him repeated efforts to reach this unassailable ground and more than one pharmacist with whom he abode as assistant had felt it a measure of prudence to dispense with his services give him time and he was generally equal to the demands of suburban customers hurry or interrupt him and he showed himself anything but the man for a crisis face and demeanour were against him he had exceedingly plain features and a persistently sour expression even his smile suggested sarcasm he could not tune his voice to the tradesman note and on the slightest provocation he became quite unintentionally offensive such a man had no chance whatever in this flowery and bowery little suburb yet he came hither with hopes one circumstance seemed to him especially favourable the shop was also a post-office and no one could fail to see it was put most impressively by the predecessor who sold him the business how advantageous was this blending of public service with commercial interest especially as there was no telegraphic work to make a skilled assistant necessary as a matter of course people using the post office would patronize the chemist and a provincial chemist can add to his legitimate business sundry pleasant little tradings which benefit himself without provoking the jealousy of neighbour shopmen it will be your own fault my dear sir if you do not make a very good thing of it indeed the sole and sufficient explanation of of the decline during this last year or two is my shocking health i really have not been able to do justice to the business necessarily mr farmiloe entered into negotiation with the postal authorities and it was with some little disappointment that he learnt how very modest could be his direct remuneration for the responsibilities and labours he undertook the post office is a very shrewdly managed department of the public service it has brought to perfection the art of obtaining maximum results with a minimum expenditure but mr Farmlow remembered the other aspect of the matter he would benefit so largely by this ill-paid undertaking that grumbling was foolish moreover the thing carried dignity with it he served his majesty he served the nation and ha ha how very odd it would be to post one's letters in one's own post office one might really get a good deal of amusement out of the thought after business hours his age was eight-and-thirty for some years he had pondered matrimony though without fixing his affections on any particular person it was plain indeed that he ought to marry every tradesman is made more respectable by wedlock and a chemist who in some degree resembles a medical man seems especially to stand in need of the matrimonial guarantee had it been feasible mr farmalone would have brought a wife with him from the town where he had lived for the past few years but he was in the difficult position of knowing not a single marriageable female to whom he could address himself with hope or with self-respect natural shyness had always held him aloof from reputable women he felt that he could not recommend himself to them he who had such an unlucky aptitude for saying the wrong word or keeping silence when speech was demanded with the men of his acquaintance he could relieve his sense of awkwardness and deficiency by becoming aggressive in fact he had a reputation for cantankerousness for pugnacity which kept most of his equals in some awe of him and to perceive this was one solace amid many discontents nicely dressed and well-spoken and good-looking women above the class of domestic servants he worshipped from afar and only in vivacious moments pictured himself as the wooer of such a superior being it seemed as though fate could do nothing with mr Farmalo. at six-and-thirty he suffered the shock of learning that a relative an old woman to whom he had occasionally written as a matter of kindness Farmalo could do such things had left him by will the sum of six hundred pounds it was strictly a shock it upset his health for several days and not for a week or two could he realize the legacy as a fact just when he was beginning to look about him with a new air of confidence the solicitors who were managing the little affair for him dryly acquainted him with the fact that his relative's will was contested by other kinsfolk whom the old woman had passed over on the ground that she was imbecile and incapable of conducting her affairs there followed a lawsuit which consumed many months and cost a good deal of money so that though he won his case mr farmaloe lost all satisfaction in his improved circumstances and was only more embittered against the world at large then no sooner had he purchased his business than he learnt from smiling neighbours that he had paid considerably too much for it his predecessor beyond a doubt would have taken very much less had indeed been on the point of doing so just when mr Farmlow appeared this kind of experience is a trial to any man it threw mr farmaloe into a silent rage with the result that two or three customers who chanced to enter his shop declared that they would never have anything more to do with such a surly creature. And now began his torment, a form of exasperation peculiar to his dual capacity of shopkeeper and manager of a post office. All day long he stood on the watch for customers, literally stood, now behind the counter, now in front of it, his eager and angry eyes turning to the door whenever the steps of a passer-by sounded without if the door opened his nerves began to tingle and he straightened himself like a soldier at attention for a moment he suffered an agony of doubt would the person entering turn to the counter or to the post office and seldom was his hope fulfilled not one in four of the people who came in was a genuine customer the post office always the post office a stamp a card a newspaper wrapper a postal order a letter to be registered anything but an honest purchase across the counter or the blessed tendering of a prescription to make up from vexation he passed to annoyance to rage to fury he cursed the post office and committed to eternal perdition the man who had waxed eloquent upon its advantages of course he had hired an errand-boy and never had errand-boy so little legitimate occupation resolved not to pay him for nothing mr farmiloe kept him cleaning windows washing bottles and the like until the lad fairly broke into rebellion if this was the sort of work he was engaged for he must have higher wages he wasn't overstrong and his mother said he must lead an open-air life that was why he had taken the place to be bearded thus in his own shop was too much for mr he seized the opportunity of giving his wrath full swing and burst into a frenzy of vilification just as his passion reached its height he stood with his back to the door there entered a lady who wished to make a large purchase of disinfectants alarmed and scandalized at what was going on she had no sooner crossed the threshold than she turned again and hurried away her friends were not long in learning from her that the new chemist was a most violent man a most disagreeable person the very last man one could think of doing business with the home was but poorly furnished and mr farmlow had engaged a very cheap general servant who involved him in dirt and discomfort it was a matter of talk among the neighbouring tradesmen that the chemist lived in a beggarly fashion when the dismissed errand-boy spread the story of how he had been used people jumped to the conclusion that mr Farmalo drank before long there was a legend that he had been suffering from an acute attack of delirium tremens the post-office always the post-office if he sat down at a meal the shop bell clanged and hope springing eternal he hurried forth in readiness to make up a packet or concoct a mixture but it was an old lady who held him in talk for ten minutes about rates of postage to south america when by rare luck he had a prescription to dispense the hideous scrawl of that pestilent dr bunker in came somebody with letters and parcels which he was requested to weigh and his hand shook so with rage that he could not resume his dispensing for the next quarter of an hour people asked ext- Only at Sleep Number Stores or SleepNumber.com. Extraordinary questions and were surprised, offended, when he declared he could not answer them. When could a letter be delivered at a village on the northwest coast of Ireland? Was it true that the post office contemplated a reduction of rates to Hong Kong? Would he explain in detail the new system of express delivery invariably he betrayed impatience and occasionally he lost his temper people went away exclaiming what a horrid man he was mr what's your name said a shopkeeper one day after receiving a short answer i shall make it my business to complain of you to the postmaster-general i don't come here to be insulted who insulted you returned Farmerlow. "'like a sullen schoolboy. "'Why, you did, and you are always doing it. "'I'm not?' "'You are. "'If I did, terror stole upon the chemist's heart. "'I didn't mean it, and I—' "'I'm sure I apologise. "'It's a way I have. "'A damned bad way, let me tell you. "'I advise you to get out of it.' "'I'm sorry.' "'So you should be.' "'And the tradesman walked off, only half appeased. "'Mr. Farmilow could have shed tears in his mortification, "'and for some minutes he stood looking at a bottle of laudanum, "'wishing he had the courage to have done with life. "'Plainly he could not live very long unless things improved. "'His ready money was coming to an end. "'Rents and taxes loomed before him.' an awful thought of bankruptcy haunted him in the early morning hours the most frequent visitor to the post-office was a well-dressed middle-aged man who spoke civilly and did his business in the fewest possible words mr farmilow rather liked the look of him and once or twice made conversational overtures but with no encouraging result one day feeling bolder than usual the chemist ventured to speak what he had in mind after supplying the grave gentleman with stamps and postal orders he said in a tone meant to be conciliatory i don't know whether you ever have need of mineral waters sir why yes sometimes my ordinary tradesman supplies them i thought i'd just mention that i keep them in stock Ah thank you i have noticed went on the luckless apothecary his bosom heaving with a sense of his wrongs that you're a pretty large customer of the post office and it seems to me he meant to speak jocosely that it would be only fair if you gave me a turn now and then i get next to nothing out of this you know i should be much obliged if you the man of few words was looking at him half in surprise half in indignation and when the chemist blundered into silence he spoke i really have nothing to do with that as a matter of fact i was on the point of making a little purchase in your shop but i decidedly object to this kind of behaviour and shall make my purchase elsewhere he strode solemnly into the street and mr Farmalo, unconscious of all about him glared at vacancy whether from the angry tradesman or from some lady with whom mr farmiloe had been abrupt a complaint did presently reach the postal authorities with the result that an official called at the chemist's shop the interview was unpleasant it happened that mr farmiloe not for the first time had just then allowed himself to run out of certain things always in demand by the public halfpenny stamps for instance moreover his accounts were not in perfect order this he had to hear was emphatically unbusiness-like and in brief would not do it shall not occur again sir mumbled the unhappy man but if you consider my position mr farmaloe allow me to tell you that this is a matter for your own consideration and no one else's true sir quite true still when you come to think of it i assure you the only assurance i want is that the business of the post office will be properly attended to and that assurance i must have i shall probably call again before long good morning it was always with a savage satisfaction that mr farmlow heard the clock strike eight on saturday evening his shop remained open till ten but at eight came the end of the post office business if as happened anyone entered five minutes too late it delighted him to refuse their request these were the only moments in which he felt himself a free man after eating his poor supper he smoked a pipe or two of cheap tobacco brooding or he fingered the pages of his menacing account-books or very rarely he walked about the dark country roads asking himself with many a tragicomic gesture and ejaculation why he could not get on like other men one afternoon it seemed that he at length had his chance there entered a maidservant with a prescription to be made up and sent as soon as possible a glance at the name delighted mr Farmiloe; it was that of the richest family in the suburbs the medicine to be sure was only for a governess but his existence was recognised and the patronage of such people would do him good but for the never sufficiently to be condemned handwriting of dr bunker the prescription offered no difficulty rubbing his palms together and smiling as he seldom smiled he told the domestic that the medicine should be delivered in less than half an hour scarcely had he begun upon it when a lady came in a lady whom he knew well her business was at the post-office side and she looked a peremptory demand for his attention inwardly furious he crossed the shop be so good as to tell me what this will cost by book-post it seemed to be a pamphlet giving a glance at one of the open ends mr farmiloe saw handwriting within and his hostility to the woman found vent in a sharp remark there's a written communication in this it will be letter-rate the lady eyed him with terrible scorn you will oblige me by minding your own business your remark is the merest impertinence that packet consists of manuscript and will therefore go at book-rate be so good as to weigh it at once mr Farmlow lost all control of himself and well-nigh screamed no, madam, I will not weigh it, and let me inform you, as you are so ignorant that to weigh packets is not part of my duty. I do it merely to oblige civil persons, and you, madam, are not one of them. The lady instantly turned and withdrew. Damn the post-office, yelled Mr. Farmalo, alone with his errand boy and shaking his fist in the air. this very day, I write to give it up i say damn the post office he returned to his dispensing completed it wrapped up the bottle in the customary manner and dispatched the boy to the house five minutes later a thought flashed through his mind which put him in a cold sweat he happened to glance along the shelf from which he had taken the bottle containing the last ingredient of the mixture and it struck him with all the force of a horrible doubt that he had made a mistake in the irate confusion of his thoughts he had done the dispensing almost mechanically the bottle he ought to have taken down was that but had he not actually poured from that other of poisoning there was no fear but if indeed he had made a slip the result would be a very extraordinary mixture so surprising in fact that the patient would be sure to speak to dr bunker about it good heavens he felt sure he had made the mistake any other man would have taken down the two bottles in question and have examined the mouths of them for traces of moisture mr farmiloe a victim of destiny could do nothing so reasonable heedless of the fact that his shop remained unguarded he seized his hat and rushed after the errand-boy If he could only have a sniff at the mixture it would either confirm his fear or set his mind at rest. He tore along the road and was too late. The boy met him, having just completed his errand. With a wild curse he sped to the house. He rushed to the tradesman's door. The medicine just delivered. He must examine it. He feared there was a mistake, an extraordinary oversight the bottle had not yet been upstairs mr farmlow tore off the wrapper wrenched out the cork sniffed and smiled feebly thank you i'm glad to find there was no mistake i'll take it back and have it wrapped up again and send it immediately immediately and by the by he fumbled in his pocket for half a crown still smiling like a detected culprit i'm sure you won't mention this little affair a new assistant of mine stupid fellow i am going to get rid of him at once thank you thank you notwithstanding that half-crown the incident was of course talked of through the house before a quarter of an hour had elapsed next day it was the gossip of the suburbs and the day after the city itself heard the story people were alarmed and scandalized why such a chemist was a public danger one lady declared that he ought at once to be struck off the roll and so in a sense he was another month and the flowery bowery little suburb knew him no more he hid himself in a great town living on the wreck of his fortune whilst he sought a place as an assistant a leaky pair of boots and a bad east wind found the vulnerable spot of his constitution after all there was just enough money left to bury him end of fate and the apothecary by george gissing